boys and girls, welcome back to the Inspiration Space for another awesome, awesome episode as per usual. I spoke to the co-founders of Mitt Wearables, which is probably one of the most incredible companies I've ever had the pleasure of speaking to on this show. So the co-founders, Ben Lakey, one who was actually a member at F45 Oxford Circus and I became very good friends with him, unbelievable guy, and uh, Nate McAbueg, who is one of the nicest blokes I think I've ever met. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about this episode is that the company which you'll hear all about, and I'll explain a little bit of background on it now, is quite simply unbelievable. It's probably one of the most disruptive things I've ever come across uh, on a face-to-face basis. But they're two of the nicest blokes, most humble blokes and most hungry blokes I've ever come across in, in my life. And it's just really, really... Uh, it was lovely, really lovely to see them together. Um, there is sort of appreciation for one another in, a, in that working relationship and how much love and hunger they have towards their business. Um, and you'll probably understand why. Essentially, um, what Mitt Wearables is working on at the moment is prosthetic hands. Um, I'm sure it has visions of, of, of doing, well, I know it has visions of working on other um, prosthetic limbs in the future, but that I understand right now. Is their, is their main focus. Um, you'll hear all about how current prosthetics that are provided by the NHS are extremely expensive, quite hard to get yeah, your, your um, to get to get your hands on, pardon the pun, <laughs> but they're quite difficult to get hold of. Um, and they're just ridiculously expensive. So what Ben and Nate are working on um, is essentially helping that in every single way. They're making them cheaper, they're making them more accessible, and the functionality of the product is quite unbelievable and is, just to be honest, ridiculously life-changing. Um, we take for granted things uh, that we can do with our hands. Uh, we, we don't even think about it because we're lucky enough to have them. But when they get taken away from you and you suddenly can't do the things that you once loved doing with them, that's when it becomes so, so much more. So to be able to give somebody the opportunity to do something that they missed, whether it be painting, writing, cooking, whatever it may be, uh, to give somebody the ability to be able to do that again, and Nate and Ben will explain how they do that, is potentially one of the most rewarding things you can imagine. So the fact they've made a business out of it is is incredible. Um, It must be a delight to work on it day in, day out. And it was just amazing to see uh, and speak to these guys and, and see these products that they're making, which is, is changing people's lives for the better. So guys, listen to this. Um, if you have an idea of you know any, any business or whatever it may be that, that you think is going to provide value for others, this is definitely one to listen to. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was a really, really special half an hour for me uh, to spend time with these two lovely fellas. Right, guys, enjoy. Um, if you have a second, please, please, please give this a uh, this episode a, a like and review and the podcast. It means that I can carry on getting fantastic guests such as Ben and Nate and uh, all the other fantastic guests I've had on the show in the past. So, yeah, please do head over to uh, iTunes or whatever your podcast provider is and just give it a good old five stars. Okay, guys, enjoy and I will speak to you soon. What is probably best? Probably introduce yourself separately, but firstly, let's hear a little bit about your story, what the company is, and yeah, just just set off with that, because I just really would love to hear your take on everything. Sure, thanks a lot. I'll let Nate kick it off, because it started here, 
several years ago before I even arrived in this country. <laughs> so, Nate. Before you rode over. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, I'm very humble, Ben. Thank you. Yeah, uh, so I'm Nate. Hello, Nate. Oh, hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having us, no by the way. This is brilliant. Um, yeah, so we're in the lovely Imperial College hack space, which is where this started. It's basically like a, a big workshop attached to Imperial College in London, which is where I studied mechanical engineering. Fantastic. And so, yeah, we build prosthetic arms. We build bits of people, which is fun. But we got into it. So it was an academic project in my third year. And uh, got into it for no other reason, honestly, than like, oh, well, let's build an Iron Man suit. <laughs> how, how are we going to convince the university to let us build an Iron Man suit? Like, I've got it. Robotic prosthetics. This is genius. And so it was very much on a whim. Um, but we were lucky enough to get introduced really early on to an actual person who uses prosthesis, so a quadruple amputee, so no arms, no legs, a guy called Alex Lewis, like the coolest dude in the world. Was he at the uni? He was, at, he was through the university, so he's like the most proactive guy, so after his injury, he just decided like, look, uh, current prosthetics aren't good enough, so he's going to go around to universities, and he says to himself, like, I just want to be a guinea pig and help people to um, develop better things and give them my feedback, and so, you know... We came to him very much like doe-eyed engineers, like, oh, Alex, we're going to put all these sensors in, we're going to make it all oh, glitzy and glamorous. He's like, he's like, lads, just make it simple. Just make it really comfortable, because they're so uncomfortable right now, and make it affordable, because a typical prosthetic arm, even like, so we've got a couple here for our audio listeners. <laughs> um, and so it's, you, can, you can hear it's like a big, rigid... So this is the... This, this is, is a standard NHS prosthetic. Right. It's, it's a few years old, so it's modern. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is what you can consider the state of the art. And mm -hmm. it's literally a, a big rigid shell, a bit of plastic that you wedge yourself into, and a massive metal hook on the end. That, that, that is literally it. And this arm here costs £25,000, <laughs> which is just bananas. And I, I can't actually believe that. It's, it's, we were shocked. We were shocked because I mean, like we we get people every so often to be like, "How much do you think it is?" And uh, we're like, oh, if you get it right, you can keep it. <laughs> and people were like, you know, oh, that looks like it's probably expensive, like three thousand um, pounds, which is an expensive price, and it's ten times more. Than that, that is mental. It's unreal. So, so we looked at them and we're like, "Wow, the problems here that people are asking for are really simple. Like, just make something comfy, easy." Uh, a sensible price and so we started looking at clothes and shoes and just testing with actual users so not worrying about what the state of the art was not worrying about what literature and what the conventional wisdom was and just really going to the people who use them and asking them and getting their opinion and at the end of that first year um we had a prototype a crappy little prototype which i got here uh, it's horrible which one is it it's oh it's this nasty thing so it's like this <laughs> This metal terminatory looking looking thing, um, and this was actually this, this had the same level of sophistication as like the market leading hand. So this one actually looks like a like a you know a kind of hand shape, and so the the best hand on the market has a grip strength. It's actually less than this one. So this is this is good this for is fifty thousand pounds. Yeah. So so wow. the market leading hand is like fifty thousand yeah. um, pounds. Where we built this whole thing, so it has sensors in it that sit on your skin and it. And it, when you tense your muscles, that sends a signal to these little motors that then move the hand, and, and that's how it used. So it's really using state-of-the-art kind of stuff. Uh, and the whole thing was built for, if we costed it up to make 100,000, it would cost 133 pounds to make this whole thing. 
But anyway, so we, we, we were really proud of that, and we gave it to Alex, and um, he put it on. And it's quite sophisticated, like all these like, mechanisms at the end and everything. You put it on, and the, the first thing he said was like, oh, man, I love this socket. It's so comfy, it's so flexible, it's so nice. Um, and I love this pen clip you put on the bottom of the hand. This little <sighs> pen, just to, just to hold a pen, because he was a designer and he missed drawing. So we're like, let's just do that. And I'm like, but Alex, look at the fingers. Look at, look at these sophisticated things. He's like, I don't need that. That's not important. Yeah. Just these really simple things. That really aligned us like, okay, let's just make simple bits of kit. Um, and decided, like, look, if a couple of students from, you know, in university can make something that, that he's generally saying, look, guys, I would, I would buy this to use. And we're like, we want to give this to as many people as possible. We need to, how do we do that? Well, we need, we need more people. We need money. We need organization. Um, and that's what a company is. So we're like, let's set up a company. Amazing. I mean, firstly there, that must have been so exciting. Obviously, mm. I'm sure you're still so excited every day growing forward. But that, having that, was that kind of like an aha moment when you were like, holy shit, this has got spectrum. It was like, also, I really like simple things just because I can't get my head around very complicated things. So just to hear that there's this massive unmet need. That's another thing that strikes me, is like, how, has, how did nobody go in, like you guys have done, and, and communicate with people that needed, needed this? Well, it's, it seems so basic. And I mean, I guess Ben can touch on that as well, because you sort of came from the high-end side, didn't you? Yeah, so as Nate was figuring out these incredibly... Frustrating things. I was back in Canada working in the oil and gas industry. So I graduated from my undergrad in mechanical engineering. Did what most people in my province do is get involved in that industry. And as the oil prices went down, jobs were kind of cutting out. I'm like, oh, I want to do something else, something that maybe helps people. And I was always interested in kind of the rehab tech and bioengineering and started looking at some master's programs applied over in London, got in to my surprise, moved over <laughs> here October 2017 and they had a few projects available at the university and one was on the advanced muscle single controlled prosthetic hand, so a new control system to include wrist and um, closing of the hand at the same time. So no prosthetic can close the, the, the fingers and turn the wrist at the same time. So it's a new control system to, to upgrade that, to combine them. I thought, oh, that's pretty awesome. And I love the idea of prosthetics. My sister actually had an injury seven years ago. Hurt her foot, went through years and years of rehab and infections, and they ended up amputating it uh, just last year. So she's now wearing a prosthetic. She has this really cool bionic uh, foot she got at uh, Bergman Women's Hospital and MIT in Boston. But that's the highest end stuff. But still the process she went through, it was very difficult to get to that point. So we saw this project, I'm like, let's do it, started testing with people, and it was really tough to find people to use these hands we were working with. Finally got some people in, they said, amazing technology, but I'm never going to be able to afford this. I'm not a veteran, I'm not on the best healthcare schemes in the States. And that got me thinking, is this actually going to help anyone? Is this something that's going to stay in a laboratory, maybe have a few patents and papers, but is it going to change anyone's life? And at this time, it, it didn't seem like that. A friend that did my degree, so my degree was in medical device design and entrepreneurship, so it was a combination of clinical studies research with how to raise funding, how to pass regulatory approval, how to file patents, so really kind of how to get a business off the ground. He did lower limb sockets the year before I did, 
he knew Nate through a few uh, pitch competitions. He said, you guys are both studying prosthetic hands. You guys should meet. Uh, that was at the point where Nate was looking for someone to really help him get the business side off the ground because the research was going great. He had people testing. The product was coming along. Uh, but hey, I think that's a fantastic opportunity. To, the product seems so simple, but ne like just necessary. And I said, let's do this. That was last March, and we've been crushing it full-time since. Our eyes met. Sparks, <laughs> sparks flying. It's amazing how things align. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've only been around you two together for what, like 25, 30 minutes, and you guys seem very, you seem very on the same wavelength, mm. and you seem both very uh, focused on, on the goal at hand. So I mean, mm. how has it like been? Like, the first year of getting into this stuck in has it been a whirlwind and adventure absolutely adventure and what yeah. what's like I, I i always tell people i think because so i was with a team of people and essentially one by one they left so it was left to myself at the end of of my sort of uni career and i was essentially like crap i don't want to be a lone founder i really want a co-founder someone who's going to push me someone's going to and and then almost like by magic, I, met, I was introduced to Ben. And in fact, I remember the first time I met Ben and I was at a pitch competition. So I was already kind of like stressed out and a bit like, yeah. anyway. And again, for our audio listeners, Ben is huge. <laughs> He's a massive guy. And, um, and so I'm just like there, I'm sort of like freaking out. And this three of the, because his friends are huge as well. These three of these huge guys come over to me and Ben's like, I really like what you're doing. I want to work with you. And I'm like, do I have a choice? Do I have a choice? Does <laughs> <laughs> like, that hold up? Give me lunch money, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I've got to know Ben. He's honestly, the coolest dude in the world. And I, I, I always tell people, I struck gold. Because mm. what I think is really great is that in a lot of ways, we are very different. But like you say, we have like a united vision. Mm -hmm. And it's great because Ben is amazing at all the stuff I suck at. He's amazing and he loves doing it, which is weird. <laughs> um, and so whenever we're trying to pick an idea or pick a way to go, the answer is always a combination of both of us. Um, so I, I, over the moon. It's the best yeah. situation. I mean, that's, I mean I'm in, I'm exactly the same situation. I mean, ben, ben, you've been down at the gym, so I'm interested in polar opposite. <laughs> and like, he loves the shit I hate and vice versa. So it's a lovely situation. The fact that you bounce off each other so nicely I mean, must make every day really, really exciting. Mm. Yeah, and I think that is one of our biggest strengths, that we fill each other's gaps. Mm. And I am the least creative person in drawing and sketching and designing, and Nate does that like mm. no one else. And he says I do the stuff that he hates that I love doing. I wouldn't say I love filing tax returns. <laughs> <laughs> but it has to be done, and mm. it is the little things that lead towards what we really want to do is get these into the to the people that need the most mm. and absolutely and that brings me really back, back into it i mean like you said you've been working together since last march from what i can see on the table we've had developments in the product i mean in terms yeah. of the prototypes i mean that's only in the space of a year i mean i mean and talk, I, would, I just want to i want to hear some stories about the people that you have these have helped already like yeah hear I that mean, stuff. it's uh it's crazy because especially once we got off the you know, we had to get out of our own way, certainly at the start, because we were very much... What was the uh, biggest challenge in, in those so early days? I think the biggest, honestly, the biggest challenge was in the first maybe nine months, mm. year of just when it was back in, when it was a project, mm. because we're listening to Alex and listening to what he's saying very clearly, like, even things like, don't make it look like a hand. I don't want it to look like a hand. I want it to be a tool and just work. But, like, kind of, you're, you're so, we're so forged by what we see on TV and in the media. It's like, oh, it has to look like a hand. It's a prosthetic hand. Of course it does. Um, 
so to get out of to step back from that and be like okay it's a product it's a, meant to achieve a purpose let's just focus on that and get out of our own way was, was really hard and then once we started focusing on simplicity mm-hmm. and just achieving function in the simplest like most elegant way possible then uh, the, the things you see and the, the stuff you realize you take for granted so um we made a, a hand that just has a simple like kitchen knife attachment like a utility knife and it just it just it just clips in it's, there's, there's nothing fancy about it at all it just clips in and you, and you slip it on and we took it down to one of the people using using you know on our trials um and she used to like be, do a lot of cooking she used to be a chef before she lost her hand and so the first thing she does is like gets in and starts like cutting up radishes and she's like, she's like, I've never been able to cut a radish so thin since I've lost my hand. And she's losing her mind. She's like, can I cut this thing? She's going to her fridge, getting more stuff out. And she's like, I can, I can cut it. And I'm like, oh my God, you can cut that. <laughs> We're losing our mind. And it's oh like God. such a simple thing. Yeah. Wow. But to people, that means the world. Yeah. And, um, and since then, we've seen all kinds of stuff. Like yeah. People so we mentioned paintings, doing all kinds of amazing things I haven't done in years. And it's, it's, Man, it's must be, yeah. That must be yeah. so, so rewarding. Yeah, so Nate mentioned our trial. So we did a three-person trial last September and then a 10-person this May. So, But explain, uh, how would you mean? Like- so the first trial was really getting the product to more people and testing, I think, the, the tools, seeing if having a softer socket is possible to have enough kind of force still attached to you so you can do the cutting, the drawing, those really specific tasks. And the next kind of pilot study trial was to see if we could fit to someone without ever meeting them. Mm-hmm. So for the first time ever, a prosthetic was sent through the post. Sure. So people supplied the measurement of their elbow to the end of their limb and then the circumference. And we fit them, sent it to them. And some of these people, again, like Nate said, the, the stories, the pictures they send us. And we got a painting in the mail the other day. There's a little two-year-old girl named Hero. So we have this beautiful painting with lots of colors and spots, and and then they sent a video of her her painting it with the with the prosthetic. Oh, and it's incredible that yeah, that it really brings it all back, and it reminds you why we're doing this, and helps you get through the long. Like days. You say you can get lost in the figures all you like, oh, yeah. but at the end of the day, yeah, yeah. and it's it's interesting because even things like um, so obviously there's there's a very obvious um, like medical side to this. Mm-hmm. And, and people are saying, you know, you, you're going through clinics, you're going through this stuff. And, and the truth is, you know, we talk to these guys all the time. Yeah. We, we want every opinion and we really want to make benefit for all stakeholders. And, um, but like, so we're looking at a lot of like clinical assessments that are just out there. Like, well, let's try and gather data in a way that, that you know, clinicians gather it. And the way it's so easy to like get numbers of like, oh, how many hours were you wearing it? You know, what force were you putting through it? But how do you capture that, that a little boy was able to play with Lego yeah. again? Yeah. How do you capture that in like numbers? It's so hard. Mm-hmm. But when you see it, you get it. You're like, that's cool. We need to do more of that. Mm-hmm. And like Ben touched on it. Maybe it's worth like just elaborating. So current prosthetics, they're 100% bespoke. Yeah. So, so, what you, so what that means is you can sort of split a prosthetic into two halves. I'm holding the original like NHS one and so you've got the the hook or the hand on the end whatever that is that's off the shelf Mm. but then you've got the socket which is the bit you wear and this one like I say is is a rigid shell so the only way they make that is they 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 mold your arm uh, 
by hand, manually, take it out in the workshop out back, um, lay bits of plastic over the mould, you come back in, they try it again, it's like, oh, it doesn't quite fit, because obviously it's rigid and we're squishy and mm. we change. But it's 100% bespoke. Mm-hmm. So it's one by one by one. And so for the literally tens of millions of people in the world that need a prosthetic limb, how can you get it to them if you're doing it one at a time? But what we looked at is like clothes. Like let's just, you know, if, if it doesn't have to be rigid everywhere, and this is what, you know, this is what we were researching at uni. Um, well, in the place where it doesn't have to be rigid, it can be flexible. And if it can be flexible, then it can move, it can change, and someone can tighten it to themselves. And so now you can make it in discrete sizes, like a shoe, and just ship it through the post. And that's, that's what excites us. <laughs> yeah. It's so freakishly disruptive. Yeah. That's what, what excites like, us. It's, it's, and, and the it's thing funny. is, it's so basic. It's, it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the lowest tech solution. It's the, it's the, you know, it's the dumbest idea. Mm-hmm. And I think the benefit was that, you know, Ben and I are, are engineers. We're not, um, we haven't come through, you know, the traditional prosthetic, roots and so mm. put simply we didn't know what was a stupid idea we just didn't know all, all we could do is ask oh yeah. why isn't it done this way but we have been very careful to get the opinions of people that are already doing this the prosthetists i the was about to say how 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 has that been coming into like you said you're not from prosthetics background yeah, yeah. i mean how has that been i can imagine like with a lot of things medical um there's a lot of barriers. Yeah, I mean, how how are those fa- faculties kind of reacting yeah. to this? That's so not my question. The big thing that we're told is it's done this way because that's the way it's always been. Yeah. And we're like, well, that seems that's like something that needs to be changed. Yeah, and yeah. we never want to put someone out of a job or, yeah. or change someone's way of life. If there's, they just don't have enough time process to fit and, and care for everyone, and that's in a place with great healthcare like the UK and again with my sister and her, her experiences in Canada but 90% of people around the world that need prosthetics are in low resource regions so there's no one out there to even care for them so in the UK it's something that we want to be very careful about and maybe it's a transition into a higher end device supplied by the NHS or when you're younger the NHS doesn't provide right now to, to kids under 12 so maybe it's kind of a starter uh, device for them and that's great. And if people want it, they'll come to us. But the people around the world that have no other options, that's the impact we want to make. This needs to get to them. Yeah, that's the exciting part. Yeah. Just going everywhere. And it's the, also the, the, just the, I mean, the, you mentioned the cost earlier. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. is like, I mean, that's, I, yeah. just, I just can't, I can't get over the fact that that is 25 grand. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's what, not insane. Yeah, what, what, I mean, what are the plans for the, these? Do you, I mean, talk us a little bit about the, the next kind of six to 12 months I, yeah. of, of how you're going to launch. And I mean, what's, what's the plan? Sure. I mean, yeah, I'm intrigued. So when I joined Nate last March, um, the milestones for the next year were very clear. We need to protect the design with some patents. We need to trial it with real users. We need to get some funding to hire on people to help us. And we did all that, and I think it went quite smooth. And the last few months, we're really planning the ne- next steps. And the next steps is this: is to get this to more people and test the sales process, the business model, and and really see how many people this can reach. And starting in the UK, um, scaling up manufacturing this this fall. But from there, it's really finding charity partners, whether tool partners, clothing partners. We have a terrific company we're talking with who makes uh, kitchen utensils, who wants to put 
cutting knives and uh, spatulas and everything onto the end of the prosthetics and finding more people like that that want to join us on this journey. Hmm. Yeah, essentially, it's, it's still, we're still learning. We're yeah. still learning. And, and, and I guess the first sort of phase of this whole thing was learning what the product needs to be. Um, and the way we did that is just by giving it to people and, and it was a collaboration with people who use them. Um, and so the next part is you know, to be a sustainable enterprise. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to make any assumptions because we know assumptions will be wrong. So we're just going to test how do people want to do this. And so we're just going to put it to people, get it out there and, and see how people want to go for it. But, mm-hmm. you know, we've always said, like, you will not need to fundraise to get one of our products because that's yeah. bonkers. That's mm-hmm. unfair. It, yeah. It's going to be it's going to be priced at a level that you can just go on a website and be like, oh, that's, yeah, that's bargain. Let's get that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get that. Let's get two. Let's get four. So by fundraise, it means like GoFundMe or those kind of websites. We go on there every week and we look at how many people are on there and we see hundreds of new posts from here around Europe and the US. People trying to raise tens of thousands of pounds to get a prosthetic. Like that, that breaks our heart. You should never have to do that. You should never have to share it on Facebook and get your grandparents to send you money for Christmas for something that should be a basic right. And we always say it needs to be the price of a shoe instead of the price of a car because thousands of pounds, it's not, it's not feasible for the entire world, let alone someone here in the US or Canada. Mm. So, Talking of, you might not be able to answer this, I don't know, but like, like getting people involved in the Mm-hmm. back into the business has mm-hmm. that been an exciting it must have probably yeah. be one of the easiest things to sell this to <laughs> it's um it's 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 nice because it is like uh it's very it's a very simple concept and it's a very human story and yeah. and ultimately whenever you're trying to sell anything or, or just bring anyone on board you just tell a human story and we we say look, look these are the people we work with and these are the things they want to do mm-hmm. let's make these things and, and 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 let them do it and this is how we want to do it and so, you know, we've had a lot of, you know, amazing um, traction with investors that are really like-minded with us. They just want to see good be done. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had amazing response to any job posting you've ever put. Um, you know, people have been asking for jobs before we were even you know, hiring. <laughs> and we're like, sure, there's work to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sure. Um, and we have an amazing team of advisors. Um, We've been super blessed with the amount of people, the amount of talent, like incredible brains that have, have said, I like where you're heading. I really want to be a part of that. Mm. So it's been super, it's been super fortunate. What really helps is that we hand them this prosthetic or another one that's been given to us, a traditional prosthetic. They feel this and we say, oh, that's pretty heavy. That's pretty, that must be uncomfortable and it's expensive. No way. And then you hand them one of ours and they, can feel it right away. Which is the latest? Is that, have you got the latest, is it? We got this one here. Yeah, see this is why I bring show and tell. <laughs> so you, you pick Holy it up, right. you look at, you can tighten it on, so you can you people. change the tools, and it, it, you can connect to it very easily. So we don't have to do a full explainer video to show you what we're up to. You just handed it. And, it's literally about, Yeah. it's so much like it. I mean, how much does this weigh? Uh, 980 grams. How much does this weigh? Uh, 225 grams. So it's funny, so I actually weighed it. So the, one of our arms with a full set of tools uh, and packaging weighs less than a traditional prosthetic mm-hmm. arm on its own. It's absolutely mayhem. So how many different heads does it have? And I'm sure, like you said, you're still learning, you're still growing. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, 
surely probably never never ends because like it's always, yeah. there's something that's you like important to everyone right? that's it and that's what we find like when we ask someone what they want from say the sleeve like the bit they wear everyone sort of says the same thing like make it comfy make it mm. light and breathable when you ask them what do you want to do with your hand everyone has their own mm, yeah. unique beautiful yeah. thing and so what you know we just have modular attachments so you attach what you want um, and always design new ones and we have about 35 right now ranging everything from like gardening to cooking um, painting drawing and what's the transition sports. on changing it is it is it a long process to, to oh like, chuck it I'll yeah it. just pull it right off drumstick so, you know, this is where I should have had a video hey no, yeah. <laughs> so, so you literally just pull it off <laughs> oh my god that is it and just like touch on and like <laughs> use it and and the idea being like it's just like tools so like in the same way you leave your pens in your office like you leave this in your office yeah. go in touch on like, do, 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 yeah. knock off go into the kitchen clip in away you go um, I mean each one weighs nothing and yeah. it's <laughs> and it's not complicated so it won't be expensive yeah. and so it's, yeah so it's just really simple and it's designed so that because I mean with that one that you've got for right now yeah so if you twist the, the hook like round and round and round and round yeah. yeah so just the whole the whole hook just keep going keep going keep going keep going keep going there you go that's how you get the end off right so, okay. so it, you need two hands to get the end off nice which is bananas. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. And this is the only top for it? Uh, so you can get different ones. Um, There's some, yeah, wider grippers, but yeah. pretty standard. Um, but with ours, some of them are, we're seeing trends with the pens and the kitchen knives, stuff like that. So we're planning to launch a kind of a core starter set, maybe three tools. But then, yeah, trying to bring in more designers and, and people to help us because everyone wants something so something special different. and that's the exciting thing like we have a guy we're working with what's the most of, mental thing you've been asked drumstick for? was awesome that's awesome drumstick was cool was i've been asked to um a lady was like oh, i really like f i really want to be able to flower arrange i was like oh geez okay let me think on that one um i had uh, another lady say um <laughs> She was like, oh, I really need something so I can do downward dog in yoga. I was like, that is specific. I love yeah. that. I love I the love niche that. ones. I love, love that. The, no, the best one actually was, um, I was on the phone to a little boy's oh, yeah. mum, and like, um, the mum was saying, oh, you know, something to uh, hold cutlery, hold this, hold that, and you know, really sensible things. And then, and then, and then the little boy was like, Nate, I have an idea. I was like, what are you thinking, man? What are you thinking? He's like, you know what I need? I, I really want a laser in it. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you're thinking. That is exactly what you need. You the need a laser in your hand. That is the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and that's the thing, because like, we want to just have, you know, we just want to make a platform for people to express yeah. their own creativity, really. Mm. We like the idea of people putting what they want on the end. Mm. And, you know, with 3D printing and all this stuff that's happening right now, that's the possibility. Um, the best ideas we see come from the people. And so we just want to make it as easy as possible for them to get their ideas yeah. and, and start using them. Nate mentions that none of this was our idea. We've come to the solution because for the first time, Nate started listening to, to Alex and then to more people. And is, that, is Alex still involved in something? Oh, yeah. super yeah. involved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's, um, man, he is amazing. Yeah. Um, he's got a documentary on Channel 4 called uh, The Extraordinary Case of Alex Lewis, I think. So it's a good one. It's coming out. It's, it's already out a few years, years ago. So okay. if you fancy yeah. a little cry. Sure, yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll stick it in the show notes for sure. It's, it's good. It's incredible. Because um, he used to be a designer. I say he used to be. He is a designer. Mm. And so he's got that brain. He understands mm. 
how yeah. things work and how they should yeah. work. Mm-hmm. And so he's the best person to talk to mm-hmm. because he's, he's, he's thought about this stuff. And that's what we find. Like, all, all these people that live with limb loss, they've thought about this every day. So they have the best ideas. And so it makes it so much easier when you're talking to investors or anyone. It's like, look, I didn't, this wasn't my idea. I just gave it to 15 people and they all, just told, me, the product. They all told me to do this. So we just mm-hmm. do it. And that's how we want to always go. Like yeah. just people tell us like, their ideas and we'll make mm-hmm. them happen for them. And like you guys are just like, wake up every morning and it just doesn't feel like work, I can imagine. Oh, <laughs> Some, yeah, I mean like. Yeah, so something my late grandfather always said was, you want to be in a place that never feels like work. He says, I never worked a day in my life. I'm like, that's, that's what we need. We, we need something that's so fun to do that every day is, just, is, is fun and is rewarding. Some days are tough, we have some long nights, uh, but to build a place and build a team where it, it never feels like work, that's the dream. Mm. And that's, that's real, the thing I need to do to have a, have a good time the next years, hopefully 20 years with Nate, if not longer, and, and building this. And I think what Nate always says he needs to do is get this to the people. And as the operations can decide, it's building the, the fun place to work. Yeah. So that, that's yeah, the dream. It's just, uh, so much scope for this. Life. So much scope. <laughs> oh it's God. just, it's like, like, because so I did engineering, and like, you, you, when you start that, you're sort of sold the dream that like engineers make the world a better place. Mm. And then you get into university and you realize engineers do calculations. <laughs> and, that's, <laughs> and that's what we do, and we run simulations. It's kind of downhearting. So it's kind of, I think the thing, it's, it's just so nice to feel useful mm. and just make something like, that, that, that helps, that really helps. Oh great, I'll do, I'll do that till I'm, you know, until I'm dead or incapacitated. Like, you, you won't stop me doing that then. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to just be useful in any way you can. I mean, I suppose kind of like, the question I'd like to sort of end with is, I mean, you kind of just answered it really. I mean, two young entrepreneurs, I mean, what kind of advice would you give to somebody that really does want to make a difference in a, in a potential business that they have? You probably have just answered it in a way. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big believer in just, so I, I, I see a company as a means to an end, like, and the end is something you wanna, you wanna achieve. Uh, and some, it's gotta be something you really actually care about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't think you can, cause there are hard times, like starting a company up, it's not, like objectively, it's not fun 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. It's hard work and mm-hmm. you know, you don't sleep for months on end and, and you're stressed and you know, so it's fine when things are going well, but when things go not so well, if you don't genuinely care about what you're doing, mm-hmm. you'll just give up and other people won't follow you. So mm-hmm. yeah, I guess it's just gotta be something that you've really in your core feel and, and, and wake up every day and saying like, look, even if everyone around me is telling me to stop, I'm still gonna do it. I'm still gonna do it because I believe it needs to be done. Mm. Yeah, I have a few things. We've learned, <laughs> we've learned so much this year. Yeah, I bet, mate. I can imagine. And, it, and it's flown by, but we got really good advice last summer, summer saying stay humble and appreciate all the little successes because it's going to fly by. So we try to make sure to really stop at the end of every week and say, what do we get done? And make sure that we celebrate or at least acknowledge something great. And the big milestones that come every few months, stop, celebrate, grab a pizza, grab a beer and really appreciate those. And with that advice, there's a lot of other people leading us on this journey. And I always said that I'm not an expert in anything, 
but we found the best of the best to help us. And I think you have to be humble enough to know that help is out there, and if you can sell the story, like Nate said, if you can show that you're passionate about this, people will help you. So along the last year and a bit, we've just met as many people as possible, get out there, talk to people, network, and people that haven't really connected with us in this technology space, they said, oh, I'm not interested, but I'll connect you with someone who might love this, and we've just met so many people who, who push us along, and they're the ones that have got us to where we are, because Again, I'm an expert in nothing, but I think we found some pretty great people, and Nate's amazing, but we can't do this without the people we've met. Mm -hmm. So if you have an idea, start talking to people, get out there, and just meet as many, as many people as you can, because you're not alone in, in this journey. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. I think, honestly, guys, once again, thank you so much for taking time out. No, I mean, the, the story uh, of this company is, is incredible. Uh, I think the work you've done is probably more than anyone else I've interviewed is, is more groundbreaking. So like, I, I literally cannot wait to see, see what happens with you, to be honest. <laughs> oh, man, neither can we. Yeah. <laughs> um, where can people kind of follow you and kind of see your progress? I'd, I'd love people to follow your journey because it's only going one way. Oh, we're all oh. over social media. Uh, Twitter, at WearMit, W-E-A-R-M-I-T-T. Facebook, Mitt Wearables. Instagram, WearMit. LinkedIn, if you got it. <laughs> and and our website as well, oh, where yeah. we, we have updates and uh, actually the process of updating it now. So that's that would be a fun place to watch. And that's www.wearmit. That's w-e-a-r-m-i-t-t.com. Oh yeah, smooth. <laughs> you like delivered that, smooth. that beautifully. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> James. Thanks so much. Um, hopefully, let's should we catch up in a cup in a you know twelve months time? Love to do that. Love to. Yes. I'd love yeah. to see love where you come. All right, boys. I love grey hairs. And <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, James. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.